Hello and welcome to Ride Home Review. I'm Oliver. And I'm Susan. And tonight we saw an ideal husband at La Boite. Yes. Now, those of you who are, uh, you know, cultured would know that I, An Ideal Husband was written by Oscar Wilde. And this is... An adaptation. Yes. A very much um, 90s adaptation um, that is so camped up and hilarious that, um, I, you know, literally side-splitting. Look, I want to credit the adapter, Lewis Treston. Yes. Who has created a show that honours Oscar Wilde's original work. Oh, yeah, it's very much in the spirit of. And it is both an ode to the 90s, but also an ode to today. And also an ode to the hypocrisy of the era that Oscar Wilde existed in and wrote in. That it's very much, I think you would say, the, the, the relationship that Oscar Wilde had to power and money and politics and influence that he would have liked to have written, but which had already ended up in jail once. And it's a... I'm not sure when an ideal husband exists in the Oscar Wilde timeline. It might have been before he went to jail. Possibly. The point is that a good adaptation understands the original text and places it in the moment that you set the adaptation and the present moment where it's being performed. And I think this script does that superbly well. Yeah, it's very much set in the excesses of the 90s, the, the power dressing, the costumes, the references to Gina Reinhardt, the references to um, John Howard, the references to the Labor government, the power suit. All of that is there. But that's just a snapshot in, in time and a, and a chance to celebrate that era and the music and the costumes and etc. But the themes are very much today or not. The script says it's set in 1996-ish. Ish. Yeah. Ish. And I think I could pinpoint things like Titanic didn't come out to 1997 and yet they're singing um, yeah. uh, My Heart Will Go On, which is... Again, a nitpick of the major nitpicks. Well, I mean, they basically celebrate the fact that it's set where it needs to be at any given moment. And we have some of the, the you know, the stereotypes. We have the National Party politician being forced out. We have the sort of brown paper bags. We have the lobbying from the mining industry. We have protecting endangered species. We have all of those things that were very much of the era, but and is still and still are of the a political conversation today. Yep. It's not like the mining industry don't have an overdue influence on modern <laughs> politics. No, and they, you know they were starting to talk climate change at that point. Um, they're really very much talking about lobbyists. Um, they're talking about the treatment of female politicians and amongst all that they're talking about um, appearances and marriage and uh, you know looking at sexual politics through a prism of both Oscar Wilde and the 90s and the ongoing hypocrisy of today. And I think that's the interesting thing about Oscar Wilde 
is right now in Sydney and in Melbourne there is the fantastic production of The Picture of Dorian Gray, another Oscar Wilde adaptation Mm -hmm. that is taking Australia by storm, which we had the pleasure to see while we were in Adelaide. We did, yes. And I think the reason that Oscar Wilde keeps coming back in a way that is not dated or, and I'm going to use an Oscar Wilde reference, earnest, um, is because there is something universal that Oscar Wilde hooked into. Well, he was a man way ahead of his time, and that biting satire and wit and that wordplay, etc., really holds up. And the interesting thing about this um, adaptation is by no means word perfect. Didn't try to pretend to be, but there were just these, just enough smatterings that almost made it an in-joke. It's like, oh, there we go. There it is. Um, Um, Brilliant. And I think a a lot of credit needs to go to Bridget Boyle's direction. Yep. And the performances. Will Will Castle Dine, Kristen O'Leary, um, Ellen Burton. Sorry, I'm just Emily. getting the Emily Burton. Yes, that is the name. I knew I was not remembering it. I apologise, Emily. Billy Fogarty. There were just strong, strong performances across the board. It was an extraordinary ensemble class, uh, cast, and I also want to play tribute to I think it was um, Chloe Groves. Greaves, Greaves, I believe it's pronounced. The, um, did the costuming because oh my goodness wasn't that a flashback to a time when clothes were big hair was big everything um, was big music was big um just brilliant and i think it's this is courtney stewart the new artistic director of labat took over three days ago three and so perhaps not had the most hands-on... Uh, no, we can't really credit her with the brilliance of it, but still, I think it's stewarding the ship. I think as we head into a new era of La Boite, I think it's good that we can say this was the start of something. Yeah, um, and it's a riotously good comedy that resonates, I think, to traditionalists and to um, just people that like a good laugh. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. Too much, even. Rating. Um, (coughs) That's absolutely a high distinction for me. It is also a high distinction for me. And I think we'll be back at some point to review something else. Uh, That would be the plan, yes. As long as my voice holds up. And it's not even a spicy cough because I've just had one. Yes, that is why we've been a bit radio silence as of late. Because um, being able to speak is a benefit in an audio medium. It really is. I found this. I know. Podcasts. It's a vis- It's not a visual medium. Who knew? Probably just as well. All right. That's us. Yes, it is. Good night. Bye-bye.